From the Tulsa world, this is the TU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here is your host, Patrick Prince. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday, September 19th edition of the TU Sports Extra Podcast. Uh, this week I'll have a player interview, but also joined by Barry Lewis to uh, get his thoughts on TU, what happened last week, and just kind of their thoughts this season. Barry, let's start with the OU game. I think a lot of us thought that game would be closer. Um, of course, the turnovers didn't help. What what did you make of what you saw last week? Well, yes, it could have been closer. And uh, although I thought in the end, just because TU normally doesn't play as well against OU in Tulsa as it does at Norman for some crazy reason, uh, it wasn't really totally surprising. It was a 49-point differential. However, it could have been closer. I, and we saw a glimpse of what the game could have been when Cardell Williams was brought in at quarterback coming off the bench late in the first quarter. Of course, by then, they're already in a 28-0 hole. So it was sort of too late to an extent. But we saw over the next quarter and a half what the game could have been. Because during that next, the first quarter and a half, that Cardell Williams played in relief of Roman Fuller, who had thrown three interceptions in the first quarter. TU outscored the Sooners during that span 17 to 10. Now, I'm not going to say that TU wins the game if Cardell Williams plays the entire game, but it could have been a lot more competitive. And yes, so we heard the reasons after the game why Cardell Williams could not play the whole game that Coach Wilson gave. Uh, apparently didn't think that the bruised hand um, could have held up for an entire game. Um, th so the plan was to play both Fuller and Williams. But um, if Cardell Williams plays the entire, is able to play the entire game, we saw a glimpse of what might might have been. Is, do you know what the plan is for this week uh, versus Northern Illinois, both quarterbacks? Is it Cardell? Do we know? Or is it Braylon Braxton? Or, or is it Roman Fuller again, Fuller and Williams again? Is Kirk Francis going to appear at some point? You never know. I think uh, uh, that could be another one of those game-time decisions. And if you're TU, you probably don't want to tip your hand early. So because the quarterbacks have different skill sets, um, or at least some of the quarterbacks do, I think, well, I guess to an extent they all have a little bit different skill sets. So you don't want to uh, let Northern Illinois – you want to keep Northern – make it a mystery for Northern Illinois probably. So I'm going to guess that we're – no one's go, outside of the TU program is going to know who the quarterback is going to be until Saturday. Well, at least I would be really surprised if we knew who was going to be before Saturday at kickoff. Do you know much about Northern Illinois? Uh, just what I saw about them last uh, last year when they played here, and it really surprised me going into the season that people were just, when they looked at the TU schedule, assuming that they were going to start 2-2 two and two with the victories over Pine Bluff and Northern Illinois, assuming that the Northern Illinois was just a given that they're going to win. Well, after seeing last year's game against Northern Illinois, I don't think you can just assume TU is going to win. That game, Tulsa was very fortunate to defeat Northern Illinois last year in Tulsa. Uh, needed needed a, some big moments in the last couple minutes of that game. Uh, defensive stop and then a uh, late touchdown to pull off the victory. So I think it could very well be that same type of game this week. 
And of course, from TU, it's like, what are you going to get from the quarterback position? That is the big mystery. No matter who the quarterback is, uh, you can't be throwing five interceptions. If you throw five interceptions in Northern Illinois, um, well, against anybody, you're going to be in trouble. Um, but I will say they can't afford to throw five interceptions against and expect to win in Northern Illinois. How do you feel about how Braylon Presley's been used so far? Of course, we remember Braylon from his high school days at Bixby where he was just electric, as was his brother. Um, so what do you think about how he's been used at TU so far? Well, I like the way he was used against Washington. It seemed like, uh, for the most part, they got good results. He was the leading receiver that day. Not that they really had a lot of success passing after Cardell Williams was hurt and um, say went to more of a uh, – seemed like they went to a more conservative plan when Fuller came in. But uh, Braylon caught three passes for 54 yards that day. And he um, also was used a little bit in the running game that day. And um, he was also targeted several more times besides the passes he caught, once drawing a pass interference penalty that sustained a drive that led to their touchdown that day. So really thought that was what we're going to, we were going to see against OU. Braylon used more like that because in the first game, except for a few carries in the fourth quarter after the outcome had been decided, really didn't see much of him in that game. Even though he started, he wasn't really part of the game plan. Then against OU, um, he fair caught a kickoff in the fourth quarter and he was targeted once early in the game. Other than that, he was pretty invisible. So not part of the plan at all. That was, to me, disappointing because I think TU needs – uh, players, I think Braylon has the capability to give you that something extra that TU is doesn't really have a lot of. Uh, so I would like to see Braylon used more in the future like he was against Washington. And I think TU really needs him to be more a part of the plan in order to have success and be all that it can be this year. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of season left to be played, Barry, but through three games, what's your impression of the Kevin Wilson era? Uh, again, it's, I think for the most part, it's, it's positive. Uh, there was, there are a lot of things to, to work on as he will, as he has said in his press conferences that uh, they've still got a lot to work on. The defense, no matter what you do on offense, the defense has got to do more than it's done the last two weeks. Granted, it was against Washington and OU. So maybe we'll... The defense played really well against Pine Bluff. Very well. And then not so well against Washington and OU has only forced one punt over the last two weeks. Uh, rarely gets the opponent to third down. Again, it's they're playing two Heisman caliber candidates the last two weeks, got no pass rush, got to get pass rush going. Um, they had a great pass rush against Pine Bluff. It was non-existent the last two weeks. I think Northern Illinois is a team at a level somewhere between Pine Bluff and what they played the last two weeks. So I think we will know a lot more about TU after the Northern Illinois game. I think that's going to be a great test, a great measuring stick to see where TU is going into conference play. All right, Barry, appreciate the knowledge. Uh, you and I will talk uh, next week. Now let's go to my interview with senior offensive lineman Will Farniak. 
He was kind enough to sit down with us on Tuesday uh, following the normal media availability and share his thoughts on a number of things. So here's my chat with Will. Um, let's talk first, how'd you wind up at Tulsa? Uh, I would say it, when I entered the transfer portal at Nebraska, uh, I started talking to some coaches and um, I started to talk to some coaches here at Tulsa. And funny story is the strength coach here was actually Coach EA. Uh, he coached at Iowa State when my oldest brother played college football. So we kind of had that good family connection and we just knew that it was a uh, good group of coaches here and we could trust them and uh, kind of just fell in fell into their hands. I uh, came here after that, kind of got to know them and I liked what they were about. Uh, it just had a good family atmosphere and so I, I joined here. Were there any other factors in your decision to come here? Uh, I'd say it was. A, it's a good school yeah. academically, uh, sports-wise. I, I think it's a good school, so uh, good conference. So I would say everything kind of lined up well, and then just knowing the coaches and just kind of building that relationship kind of really boosted me to really want to make my decision to come here. Why'd you leave Nebraska? Uh, just wanted another opportunity. Uh, just wanted another opportunity to play. So uh, just kind of jumped into the portal. Uh, after my brother was getting ready for the draft. So um, I just entered the portal for another opportunity and uh, just came here. So I was excited. Now you have three brothers <laughs> who played division one football and you have another brother on an NFL practice squad. Yes. And so you're the fourth family division one athlete. Unless your dad played, that'd make five. Yeah, uh, he played, I think it was a, a D2 school. Okay. So, well, well he, yeah, he still played, played football. Yeah. So yeah. where are you in line with your brothers in terms of age? Uh, so Tom is the oldest, and then it's Derek. He's a couple years under. And then there's, a, I think it's a four- or five-year gap between Derek and Matt, and then a two-year gap between me and Matt, which Matt's the one on the Bears right now. Okay. So we're, we're the ones two years apart. And then there's a little bigger gap when it comes to Derek and Tom from us. So you and Matt are the, are the youngest. Yes. Who's the younger of you two? Uh, I'm the youngest. So you're the baby. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the baby. So what was it like growing up with all those brothers who would go on to do everything that they've done? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, just being able to look up to my brothers was awesome. Uh, just having a great family. So, it, I mean, it, I got beat up, and it was a good thing. So I'd always try to go out there and do whatever I could with them. So I was a younger brother, so they were always bigger, taller when I was growing up. So they'd, they'd beat me up, but it was awesome. Kind of helped me grow as a, as a person and as a player. So it, I loved it. <laughs> what was the competition like on – playing football in the yard or whatever. Oh, it, there was a great competition. That's That was one of the main things is when it snowed, we'd always go out there and play football or tackle or whatever, mess around. So it was always fun. It was always competitive, that's for sure. We'd get in little fights, so it was always fun. <laughs> you probably had a lot of opportunity for some snowball yeah. where you're from. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of opportunities to make snowballs. have a snowball fight for sure. Now, let's talk practically for a second. Do you talk to – being that Matt is on, it is Matt, right? Who's on? Matt yes, Bears. yes, okay. Matt. So I want to make sure. Um, do you talk to him about how to get better, things to work on? Does he say, hey, yeah. you know, well, if you want to be in the NFL, you need to work on X or Z? I mean, do you have those types of conversations? Yeah, we definitely talk, uh, really, all my older brothers because uh, they all did it, they all played, they all know a lot about football. So, really, if I have any questions, I'll talk to them, but they're always all watching my games. So, uh, after the game, I'll text them, or the next day, and then I'll text them even more. and they'll just kind of break down maybe some plays they saw or something they saw. So it really helps out in the long run that 
they're always watching those games and they're 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 able to tell me what they see and what I could work on. So just having that help from my three older brothers is awesome. Do you guys ever argue who's who's the best lineman? They're all linemen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah all linemen. Uh, we like to say the positions are a little different because Derek was a tackle, Matt's an interior guy, and Tom's an interior guy. So I guess us three, but Derek was a, a tackle. He was a he's a big guy on the outside. But we we'd we'd argue a little bit, but. Uh, it always just come down to who wanted to say they're the best. <laughs> well, you can just say it now. You are the best, right? Yeah, I guess I could say it. <laughs> <laughs> who would you say in your career has been the toughest defender to block? Your career being Nebraska and here. Oh, gosh. Like, is, like, is there just one guy who you're like, man, I can't, that guy is just a beast? Uh, I can't really just think of one guy. Um, no one I can really think about it. It's just kind of names kind of blank, I guess. So I guess it's kind of just I can't think of anybody that really I would about, like to what say. What about it to you? Let's just just say it to you. When you guys are in practice, who's a teammate that's just impossible? Oh, to oh, I, I love going against Jaden Simon, Everett, all those those D line guys. Uh, they're fun to go against. So Jaden Simon, Everett, those guys are good players. So they we may, we get to make each other better. So going against them, they're good players. They'll help me. Iron sharpens iron. So I like to live by that. So. Going against those good guys in practice makes you better. So uh, any of those D lineman guys, the young guys coming up, they're doing good. So it's fun going against all those guys uh, as a team just because there's that competitive nature that we get to see each other at all these practices. So we like to beat each other up, and it makes us better. <laughs> what, what makes a really good defensive lineman, one that's just a challenge to block? Uh, I mean, because ever I mean, and in and, and your position too, everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. But just the guys that you're, you know, banging helmets with on a consistent basis. Yeah. What makes a great defensive lineman? Uh, I would say when they really uh, use their leverage to their advantage, uh, that can make a D lineman pretty hard to get under, get to move. So when they use really good leverage, it can be harder to just get under them and get a move. So if they get ear pads, it always makes it harder. So just kind of working that leverage is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Now you play center. Can you kind of maybe detail how explain how center is different than the rest of the offensive line? Yeah, I would say usually most teams will have the center come up and make all the calls and make sure that's ID'd, uh, make sure everyone's on the same page, uh, just kind of get everyone on that same game plan for that play. Uh, just reading the defensive fronts to where the linebackers are aligned to what the safeties are doing. Just kind of seeing if there's any. Uh, anything that can expose what they might be doing from twists to games to blitzes. So it's really just reading the fronts, looking at the backers, if the backers are wide or if they're tight or if it's a a split front. Um, You can really tell if they're going to bring games or blitzes. So it's kind of IDing what you think might happen and uh, just making sure everyone's on the right page. Now you say making calls. What, What kind of calls do you make? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to get in, inside the mind of an offensive line and, and how they work. Like, you mentioned if the linebackers are wide or inside. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you're expecting them to be inside, and mm-hmm. they're not. They're outside. What what do you do to counter that? Uh, really, it's just kind of knowing what that might mean and what that might uh, put the D-line into. So it's just seeing. Uh, so we may be com- combo into the mic backer. And if he's out wide, they might be bringing a twist with the three and five if it's even front. So it's kind of knowing uh, if we're doubling to that mic, uh, they might twist and we might fall on different guys. And just kind of staying on that path and make sure we all block somebody on that play. 
this, this might be too, too generic of a question, but, but I'll ask it anyway. Are you mostly blocking people or blocking areas? Uh, it depends on the offensive scheme. So if it's a zone scheme, usually it's the area. So really it could end up being whoever shows up in your gap. So a zone scheme or if it's an ID play, then it's you're on those people and you need to get those people. So it kind of depends on the offensive scheme for that play. Are you so, so is the offensive line constantly barking out calls or, or whatever pre-snap? Yeah, most of the time, unless it's a tempo or something, uh, we'll make sure that we make calls so we're all on the same page. So uh, the backside might co make a combo call to whoever they're going to. The front side might make a combo call. No, so what's, it's, what's a combo call? Uh, or just any sort of call, just okay. to be comboing together. So that, that way we know we're working together or who's working with who. So someone might just be man-to-man -man or if we're working together. So it just kind of puts everyone on the same page. Are you as the center the only, only lineman talking or are you all talking? Uh, usually the center will always talk and then it will be the next uh, chain in command. So if it's an even front, then the backside, they'll have to get an alert and they'll know who they're going to. So really everyone can be talking and everyone makes a call. It's just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So usually it'll start with the center just kind of IDing it for people and then everyone else can kind of work off that ID. Okay, let's play, let's play a little, little game here. And we, we, we talked about this before we went live. So I want you to call a play in your head. Just think of a play, mm -hmm. a complex play. Yep. And let's break down what's going through your mind after that huddle breaks. Okay. So think of a play. You got one? Yep, got one. Okay. So a pass play? Uh, I was going to do a run. Okay, running run. play. Okay, okay, a running run. play. So we're doing a running play. Huddle breaks. What do you do? What's the first thought when you turn and face the defense? Uh, see what the defensive front is. So checking the D-line to see if they're in an odd or even front. And depending on that, uh, what their front is, you'll look at the backers, kind of check with the backers' alignment, because usually a defense will give away what might be coming. So go from the D-line to the linebackers to the safeties to just kind of get a read on what the defense is gonna, might be doing or their scheme. And this is all before you've even gotten to the ball? Yeah, this is, okay. this is quickly, you're, trying to, you're trying to scan as quick as possible what the defense is going to be doing, so the scheme. So uh, if they're in an even front, there's a certain call that will be putting, uh, if it's me in there, it'll be me in the right guard to the right linebacker. So it's just kind of ID in the front, making sure everyone on the O-line hears that so they know, okay, this is where uh, the center and guard and the tackle should be going to. So this will put us to there. So it's kind of one of those things where we'll give a front call. It'll... Kind of like, kind of just passes down, so everyone knows. Okay, this is what the defensive line, their front is, uh, what the backers are doing, and then just kind of the safeties kind of are telling something. When you break the huddle, uh, using this example of the running play, do you know what side you're running on yet, or does the defense alignment dictate that? Uh, we we know where the okay. ball should be going. Okay. So depending on I, depending on how the blocks work out, but we should. We always have a path already set okay. or where it should tend to go. Now, once, okay, so you're quickly scanning as you're running to the ball. Mm -hmm. You put your hands on the ball. Are you, do you scan it one last time? Uh, we, see? we try to make our calls as quick as possible. Okay. So we'll yell out what the front is, what the combo calls will be, uh, if we're man to man. So 
it'll be one of those where we go up there, we'll make the calls, and from there it'll dictate what we're doing next. So if the defense shifts or moves last second, you just kind of have to go with what it would be. So at that point, it's, it's pretty late, so you can't really make the calls like you want, but if they're shifting late. So it really comes down to just being quick with the calls as a, as a group and knowing where each other we're going. Sure. I mean, they call the center the quarterback of the line, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, a lot of people yeah, like to. That's a fair mm -hmm. category. Uh, yeah. Um, when you have a loss like you did last week, uh, is it is it tough to shake those kinds of losses off or or not? Uh, losses, they they're never. It's never easy to shake off, but you know that if you let it kind of sit in the back of your mind, you won't. Uh, you won't make as much. I'm looking for a word to. You won't look at. You won't improve as much as you should, or you want to, if you keep thinking about the past and what happened, or like what if you could have done this or that. Because at the end of the day, it's over. Uh, you hate losing. It never. It's never good. It never feels good. So you just gotta sleep it off and be ready to go, and never let that happen again. So it's really just kind of putting a chip on your shoulder that you you have that feeling. You never want to feel that again. Uh, and you just can't let it hang in there because that, that's when it starts to defeat you mentally and physically. You'll start being just thinking too much, and that's when it kind of goes wrong. So th uh, this is your last game before conference play begins mm -hmm. next Thursday yeah. uh, versus Temple. That's a home game. Uh, <laughs> other than winning the game, obviously, what, what would you like to accomplish in this final non-conference game? Like as a team, what, what are you looking to kind of – Yeah, I think, I think it's really to go out there and – really uh, just go out there as a team and play real well together. I mean, play on the same page, uh, put up good stats, um, help each other. Really, as a, other than a winning, that's the main thing. So a big win is huge, um, but putting up a lot of rush yards, pass yards, everything, it kind of matters. It feels good to know that as a group we're working together and we're exceeding and – uh, we come out on top. So I guess at the end of the day, it's those stats knowing, hey, we got this many yards per carry as a group. Uh, we played well together. Everyone was on the same page. So it's that feeling of a brotherhood just working together. So at the end of the day, playing really well together, everyone plays uh, for that win. Sure. Okay, one, one last question before I ask you about your pet snake, and <laughs> then we'll get out of here after that. Um, I've brought this up with some other TU players that I've talked to. I'm curious, uh, does playing on non-Saturdays affect you as a player one way or the other? Because the Tibble game's on a Thursday, and you know you've had some you know Friday games, and just you know, do, does that as a player does that matter? Is there a thing to routine, or is it just man? You tell me when the game is, and I'll be there. Yeah, I think it's game day is game day. So <laughs> okay. no matter what day it is, uh, some people might be different about it or have their own routines. But if it's game day, it's game day, no matter what day it is. So. You, uh, I like to attack every game day the same, and I think most most of the guys do too. So if it's game day, we're going to go out there. We're going to have fun. It doesn't matter what day it is, but uh, we're just excited that it's game day and we can go show showcase what we've done as a team. So what was the name of your pet snake? Oh, we, we didn't name it. We, we actually didn't really name any of our pets. So all of our pets just kind of – You didn't – wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't – Name any of your pets? No. What, what no. kind of pets did you have? Uh, we had a couple cats. Uh, we had piranhas. We had fish. 
just uh, cichlids, just a bunch of those. Dogs. Uh, I know we actually we had a dog when I was real young, uh, and then it passed away, and then we got a couple cats. <laughs> but so the cats didn't have names. Nope, the cats didn't have names. We never <laughs> named them. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we had a pet snake. My brother uh, Matt, mm-hmm. Matt, he wanted a snake, and my mom likes snakes, so we ended up getting a snake. So. But then it ended up getting too big for our cage, and we ended up donating it to the zoo. So was it a python? Yeah, bull python. So it was pretty cool to have. <laughs> a lot of people don't like snakes, so it was an interesting pet. <laughs> I bet it was. How long did you have it? Uh, I'd say a couple years. A couple oh, okay, years. So not too long. Yeah, nothing too crazy, but it grew fast. It, it did grow fast. <laughs> what did you feed it? Uh, mice. Mice. It got above six feet, so wow. it got pretty big. Did it ever escape its cage? Uh, no, but it would try. If you forgot, it, it would know how to pop the cage open if you didn't lock it. So that was one of the, they're kind of smart, so. Nice, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Will, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Appreciate you sitting down with us, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you. you very much. Yeah. We appreciate Will's time today. You can download the TU Sports Extra podcast for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Really appreciate you checking us out today. I'll be back next week.